You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. I'm an actor and filmmaker in the midst of a strike. Strikes. Um, trying to live my best life. Having a medium hard time doing that. But happy to be here with you. And with that, welcome to the season finale of season four. Um, this week, so, so proud, so honored to finally sit down with my friend Ben Chung. Ben is an incredibly talented dancer, not just a dancer. He's an amazing creative professional, visionary, somebody that I really look up to and admire. He is uh, he was in a little group called the Jabberwockies. He is one of the co-founders of the Kinjas with Mike Song and Anthony Lee. Um, extremely talented, but above all of the talent and the accolades and success, he is just a wonderful human being. And I invited him to close out this season. Ironically, we've had such a great... Um, I think an empowering group of people this season to talk about a lot of things and to fill the world, hopefully, with you know positivity and insight on a lot of different topics. Funnily, when I reached the end of season four, I've, I'm like encountering this crazy burnout, not burnout, existential dread. Let's be real. Because also coinciding with season finale of season four, which is a huge milestone in and of itself, it's also the sixth anniversary of First of All. Um, which is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And it kind of pains me how how hard it's been to kind of reach this point. It's a little bit embarrassing to me, to be honest, because I've considered myself a person who can execute. But when I'm being really real with myself and figuring out why I have so much friction about things, there's been kind of an unreliability and inconsistency that I've noticed and owning that and trying to figure out what to do with that and forgive myself and also be like accountable it's been it's been kind of a wild ride. That layered with the strikes. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've been paying attention a lot to like the news about AI and um, curious about it. I'm a Silicon Valley baby, so I'm like super into understanding how these things work. I'm not always the earliest adopter, but I'm definitely it's on my radar, and I've been learning a lot, and it's been really exciting. But m- Honestly, more than exciting, it's been terrifying just to brace myself for all the change that is coming our way as a society in terms of our work, in terms of the way we literally operate, the things we prioritize, the industries that not just mine, but all the industries that will get rocked and a lot of jobs that are going to be changing or disappearing. Like It's been a lot for me to to process all those things, layered with the fact that our sixth anniversary, an anniversary, first of all, is also an anniversary of me as Minji. <laughs> it's my birthday. And um, I'm 38, which is really, really weird and surreal because I don't feel 38. And yet I'm still very aware that I am 38. And um, just the strangeness of time and recognizing how fast everything, it feels like it is going, but how fast my life is moving and those around me and my friends' kids are, like, becoming teenagers, and that's freaking me out. Um, I just spent time with my family and just recognizing the limited time that I have with my parents and things like that. And just all the stuff that comes with birthdays and aging that so many people hate because, like, you're just checking yourself of, like, where am I? How am I doing? And 
am I doing as good as I thought? In some ways, I'm doing so much better than I imagined. In some ways, I'm like really not where I thought I would be in huge ways. And I'm still grappling with that. So I definitely, I'm, I'm sure I've shared an episode where I've talked about my birthday blues. I don't know if I'm blue. I just feel like in, in a different headspace. I just feel wonky. That's the way I've been describing it. And I think existential crisis is kind of accurate, too. I don't feel like that's the same thing as being blue. But in any case, if anybody out there is feeling, I hope I like, this is a good promo. Like, yeah, welcome to, to Minji Unraveling. But to be, that's just like for real how I've been feeling. And I am a really naturally positive person, but it has been really hard. So I'm excited because Ben was available. I've been meaning to have him on this show. I've been on his show, The Kinjas Podcast, which I highly recommend you guys check out. And just wanted to talk through some stuff. I had uh, an inkling that he would provide a lot of good like reassurance. Ben is genuinely one of the most positive people that I've met. And it's not a positive in, in a form of like delusion. He has worked and earned every inch of his uh, successes and careers. But I've met a lot of different top performers, at least in the entertainment industry and tech industry. I've met millionaires. I've met people who've like changed literally the world. And there's definitely the successful people I've met that I in my discernment, in my perspective, they're not good people. They are successful because they're cutthroat, they're brutal, they know how to take risks, they're smart, um, and they just know how to, how to navigate certain industries and make choices that result in success, quote-unquote, that a large part of the world deems as successful. It's not necessarily what I think is successful, but I think collectively people will look at them and be like, oh my God, they have it all. And I met a lot of those people where I don't care to necessarily learn from them, um, that sounds very arrogant, but genuinely, I don't really want to be like them. <laughs> so I learn what I learn, business strategies, et cetera, but sometimes I find it doesn't apply to how I want to live my life. And then I've also met some of the most amazing, successful people where I look at them and I, I can tell by their energy, their behavior, and get a good sense of like the choices, the relationships they have and all that and how they build their world, that their successes are like a byproduct of them being an aligned person, a person with intention, integrity, with intelligence, with courage and risk, you know, all those other things. There's like a Venn diagram where it does overlap, but they are really kind of the success is a byproduct of who they are as a person naturally and intentionally. And those are people I really gravitate towards. Um, ben falls in that category. So I just want to hype him up because it's it's it sometimes can feel scarce in the entertainment biz to find people that you're like oh they're really like top of their game and just like a really dope person I feel really privileged because I feel like I know a ton of these people so counting I'm taking all the wins I can and counting my lucky stars because I am really lucky and hope we're all lucky to listen to Ben's thoughts on like navigating a very um unique journey as a trailblazer in dance, um, taking risks, taking chances, and also doing the inner work that's like involved in just figuring out how to make sense out of chaos and how to find peace in the middle of calamity. It's not an easy thing. It's like a mental marathon. And currently in this moment, me talking about it, I actually feel really peaceful and happy. Um, but I just feel like it's a great way to commemorate What's been a roller coaster of a ride. I'm still on it. <laughs> I'm not getting off the ride. But 
we're all doing the best we can. And it's trusting the process that's really hard and fulfilling. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Trusting the Process with Ben Chung. Enjoy. Welcome to First of All, Ben. Thanks for having me, Minji. <laughs> it's been a minute. I run into you at events, but it's been a minute. I don't remember the last event. It must have been like a, whatever, Unforgettable Gala or something. I don't know. Maybe an inner crew for something. <laughs> That's total, that, is 100, that is 100% right. Yeah, inner crew. Yeah, yeah. As you were leaving, I saw you and I, I yeah. That's right. That's right. It, it was like for five seconds and you're like, bye, bye. That was it. Yeah. That sucks how the interactions are like that these days. You know, we just run into each other and we don't get to really hang out. That's why I love podcasting because it gives you that excuse to actually stop and talk because it's for a show. Exactly. It's for, it's for content. Exactly. So, you know, here That's we are. Perfect. Well, congrats on, you just told me six years. Wow. Six years. 180, what? Episodes? Yeah. I don't know the exact <laughs> That's bad. I should know the... I know the exact number. That just means you're just in it. You're in flow. You just don't even pay attention. You're just going. That's a, that's a euphemism. It's also that... It's a, this is also my birthday, so I have advanced another year, and then my memory is just like... Like, <laughs> she gone. It's... I don't... Do you feel that? Do you feel like the physical... Because my... Here's my thing. I think, you know, for better or worse... Asian old raisin. I'm grateful for my genetics. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I look that old. Like my when I look Am in the I mirror, to I don't ask see. you how old you're turning. Am I allowed to ask you that? You can ask me. How old are you turning? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Come on, dude. I know. You still, I know. You still got so much. <laughs> you still got so much. You just getting started. That's how I feel. When I look at thirty yeah. year olds, I was like, oh, you you fresh born baby, like fresh born baby. Yes. You know, that's how I feel. <laughs> But it's like not registering. There's certain things like biologically, right? When it comes to, I've talked about it on the show of just like my um, thoughts on like fertility and things like that. And like what, what my life milestones I have or have not reached, et cetera. It's like a very sobering thing. Cause I was like a bio major. So I'm like really into the genetics and like telomeres mm, and all that stuff mm-hmm. to like compute because what I see doesn't, it doesn't compute. Do you know what I'm saying? I just, mm-hmm. my mentality, I don't feel I am my age. So it's a weird thing. But then physically, like things are hurting. The memory, yeah. she she's kind of difficult sometimes. Oh, yeah, yep, you know. I get that too. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Hey, but the Asian no raisin thing is real. Let's just thank God for that. You know, Less, we're still yes. we're still out here. We got we we got some extra time, I feel, based off of genetics, and God hooked us up. So you're doing well, Minji. Thank you. you you've been you've been killing it, dude. I love kind of you know what I love, man. I, I think um, this is a great season to be Asian. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I think mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying. Um, it's just it was just a matter of time for us to kind of get our, our our turn. Yeah. And with all the stuff that happened during COVID with all the Asian hate stuff, as horrible as that was, that also gave visibility to AAPI community in ways where they were like, yo, it is very important that representation um, is emphasized mm-hmm. because look what happens when it's done poorly or, mm-hmm. or when it is done, it's done only in this light. Yeah. And it, and it kind of like skews a perception of a whole people group that like, oh, Asian, you must 
fit into this little bubble, you know? And yeah. um, so I think because of that, I see a lot of good coming out of it. I'm not trying to say let's like minimize the bad because we have the good. It's just, there's just both sides. Yeah. And, uh, and I've just been able to see a lot of my friends um, just win. And it's cool to, to root from the sidelines and root from within, you know, root from the inside the same party. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> It's really fun. At Intercrew. Um, At Intercrew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this has become, so, we, if they don't sponsor, I'm saying, I know. like, we, we you What's know, nothing up, but guys? love, but uh, we're know plugging who you a are. <laughs> <laughs> but I need to give yeah. flowers where it's due because, like, in, in my intro, I hyped you up a bit because I'm a fan of yours. I, I'm a friend and a fan. Both can exist. And to, like, give credit because, I think there's a constant expansion of the conversation and in the expansion, people kind of we're obviously most aware of what's currently happening, what's right in front of our face, uh, what's ahead of us and maybe what's immediately behind. But I'm a big person not to get too hung up in nostalgia, but I like I believe in giving credit where it's due and like to understand mm. how things were made. It's one of my favorite podcasts, by the way, is how I made this. Oh, I love uh, that. Yeah. And if we talk about how the AAPI movement was made, you were a very significant part of that. You were a very big contributor mm. and you've been a con- con- continuous contributor, which is why I also wanted to talk with you. And I'm like, this is a long time coming, but divine timing that we're talking here now because there's so much changing right now. And I thought I was genuinely like just scrolling and like I saw your I always see you in my Instagram. And I was like, man, I would love to talk to Ben A to like acknowledge all of the things that you have done. What a great creative you are. What a great human you are. And also for me, um, selfishly, to get some uh, therapy with you because <laughs> I know talking <laughs> with you will bring me because every time I get to chat with you, it's yeah. like a very ground. You have a very grounding like presence and a very like cuz we did your podcast and yeah. it just felt like I'm speaking to like an elder who understands he's like reassuring so yeah anyway that that's what brought me wow. <laughs> to, like Ben will you, you be know, on my show thank you i will receive all of that with just humble gratitude and uh i'm definitely encouraged and flattered and all of that and um i'll just receive it so thank you that was really kind you're welcome can you get us up to speed? Because in your act, and this is again, I just get to catch up with you. What has been going on? Like, can you tell the people, tell the good people mm. who is Ben Chung, and what? Are, and then for Minji and all of us, where are you up to now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know how far back we need to go into the who is Ben Chung thing, but. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you said about me in the intro, but for, <laughs> for the sake of me just trying to guess, I mean, yeah, like I, uh, I grew up out here, uh, LA native, uh, to be specific, my childhood, I spent most of it in growing up in the San Fernando Valley in Northridge. And, um, you know, I went to UCI for, for college, but like pretty much all around LA. Um, I, I, I found dance, um, in high school and, um, uh, God bless K-pop. Cause that was kind of the, the intro for me and like, Whoa, what is all this like choreography and 
you know, these like like variety shows and all this. I just thought K-pop was like interestingly cool to me because in a weird way, I was I secretly hated it or no, outwardly <laughs> I hated it, but I secretly loved it. <laughs> That's what I was it like was. me and Britney Spears kind of. No, I yes. loved her more. But yeah, there I get I, I really get right. it. You, you kind of feel like it's like a guilty pleasure. But yeah, I'm just yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I think this stuff's cool. So like I started secretly learning k-pop choreography from like hot shinhua and like yeah those are those are like my roots and then we would uh when i say we is like literally my one friend that um at my church at the time who was also secretly learning k-pop <laughs> the same way that i was and we're like we kind of met eyes one time and i'm like hey do you also kind of do the dancey dance and then it was like okay cool so we Exactly. So we're like, yo, then let's, 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 you know, practice with each other. So it started from there. And of course, you know, you test your skills at a church talent show. And then, okay. you know, once the youth group blows up for you, you're like, yo, I think we're ready for the big, big leagues, you know? <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we started entering these like Korean festival things. And then, um, we entered this, uh, Viva Beach Festival thrown by Radio Korea, which, PK Paul Kim at the time was the radio DJ of Radio Korea. What? And and that's where I met PK. And um and then we won that that year's festival. I want to say this is probably 1990 was it 7 8? Nice. Something like that. Or no, no, it was 99. It was 90. It was senior year of high school. Yes, yeah, when we graduated. So we won that and then PK, you know, came up to our our group and was like, "Yo, man, you guys are dope." And you know, I have this idea for this like Korean American like talent show. You know, <laughs> would you guys be down to help me like figure out like to build this thing? And we're like, yeah, you know. So we're just excited. We're like, yo, let's we're gonna build this talent show. And then, you know, we would meet at PK's apartment in in like West LA for like every week. And then sitting around his dining room table brainstorming <laughs> names and then it was one from asian invasion to like <laughs> all these weird like import show-off type names and then and then it, it just came down to like yo what about collaboration and like you know collaboration of talents and then it was like yo, let's just throw a k in front of it make it korean you know make it korean and then and then that's what stuck and then that's how collaboration was born and then we we um I think the first one was in, it was 2000 or 2001 was like the first ever at like USC Boulevard. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was such like this makeshift show. But like, I, I think I performed like five times that night. Are you serious? <laughs> Literally all of the entire staff did multiple performances. PK did all of his songs, all of his bits. Like it was it was literally a homegrown version of collaboration. And then, I love it. You know, now we're like, I mean, collaborations this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. What, what, which annual? It's over 20 years, right? It's, we're at over 20. Yeah, you're part of our 20th anniversary. We did virtual because it was during COVID. Right? And I, so, I, I, perform, I did a virtual performance on that. Which yeah. was sick. And then yeah. we really see. I love that. We just like we made it happen even in, in that pandemic time um i think it's like 20 we're at 23 years now 23 let's go jordan here yeah exactly yeah, yeah and so you know that and then after collaboration stuff and then i went off to college and then i really started understanding like the larger dance community started seeing all these huge like teams that are based from these colleges or some of them weren't even based in college but there's these competitions that they would all come to compete and it was literally just that was my life. I was like, yo, I'm just I love this world. 
And I just fell so deeply in love with dance that that became just my obsession. And, um, and you know, all the while I, I did, I did all the traditional school stuff that my parents wanted me to do. Right. I went to college and, you know, like I, but I joined, you know, Kaba Modern, which was like the <laughs> dance team at UCI. Yes. And then that was like, you know, that made my entire college experience. And, um, so, you know, after graduation, I was still dancing yet. I was pursuing stuff in like film and television. Cause that's what I majored in. But my curiosity towards dance as a profession, it was so, you know, like just, I couldn't think of anything else other than like, yo, I gotta see if I can do this. And so I took a chance on it in 2006 and uh, I quit my job at MTV and I, I, you know, went into the full time, like did the audition thing when, you know, got an agent and then um, did that whole thing was teaching. And then um, 2007, I joined Jabberwockies and then the following year was 2008 where um, ABDC America's Best Dance Crew happened. And then and then we won that show and then just changed changed our lives after that you know it was just you changed all our lives by the way like that's when all our lives changed (laughs) isn't that crazy you know because we did not have any plans to do that meaning Mm -hmm. it wasn't this like hey guys we're gonna put on for asian folks (laughs) it was like we'd love to dance yeah Uh, and and mind you we covered our face faces with this mask so yeah if anything, we were not trying to show who we were. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the the TV, you know, the way that TV works is like, yo, you, this is a voting show. So the only way that America's going to want to vote for y'all is to know who you guys are. Yeah. And we actually ended up almost walking from the show because we were like, no, we don't take off our masks. And then it was um, it was literally, uh, well, uh, uh, some of the, the, the lead choreographers on the show they were friends of ours. So they came over and they were like, you know, explaining, like, come on guys, like this is the opportunity of a lifetime, you know, yeah. just, just let's just play ball here. And then, but even more than them, it was uh, our eldest member who couldn't do the show with us because he actually got uh, very ill and then passed away right before the show actually even started. Mm. And he was the one that was saying, get on that show and win it and change the world. And we were just like, <laughs> crap. So out of oh just gosh. pure respect for him, we were yeah. like, we got it. We got to do this guys. So let's just play ball, whatever. If we get kicked off, we get kicked off. At least we tried our best. And then we decided to remove our masks every time, you know, we would get our, our judgments or whatever. And then I think that's where America was just like astonished. Like, yo, these guys are Asian. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you as the viewer, though, like the way that that like, because first of all, it's like when you get to see dance and you get to see something magical in general, whatever it is, a painting, a film, uh, Mm. like music. But to see dance put on display like that it was in general i think dance being brought to the forefront it was a magical moment because that is it's a universal language you don't need to you know what i'm saying like anybody anybody can appreciate it be in awe of it then when y'all took off the mask and i remember the story because you guys dedicated to your friend that had passed it was very genuine like i don't know Mm. how to describe i remember i started tearing up Mm. and i didn't fully it took a long time to like process the profoundness of that moment to understand Mm. these are like asian dudes from california i was losing my mind and then (laughs) on top of that like because y'all were like so good at what you did and that it was for your friend and you've always had this like amazing 
um, thread in within your career, I think, Ben, and you as a person of, of the brotherhood and of the family and like having very deep roots to like a connection to things that are not necessarily celebrated within our industry. Um, mm. That just it punched you through the screen. It punched wow. me in, in the heart. And I still remember that because I was in my dorm at UC Berkeley. I had a tiny little TV that was like on top of my, so every time I'm watching TV, I'm watching it like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a crick in my neck, but it was worth yeah. it because I'm still like wow. watching ABDC and that's how I'd watch it every, every time. That's and crazy. it was like an experience. And so I just want to like on the record for the record between our preserved conversation that I'll have forever because of this podcast, wow. it was a really, really beautiful thing. And so I'm not at all like actually studied abroad a little while after that. And French people talked to me about you guys. Wow, that's crazy. People in France were watching. I was in Paris yeah. and they're like, I didn't know Asian people could move like that. And I was wow. like, well, now, you know. Yeah, you know, that it, it, it was such an interesting thing because, I mean, you know, once we started to hear how it was affecting, I guess, the world at the time, because you got to understand uh, one thing that I feel like maybe probably a lot of people don't know is it was the first season of the show. So there was nothing to compare it to. Right. It wasn't like, oh, in season previous to this, this is what happened. We're like, this is almost like straight up in our minds. We're like, I don't even know if this is a real show. I don't even know if people are watching this. And mind you, so we they had us sequestered in a hotel. Uh, they had us out at the Radisson by the LAX. We called it the Radisson Penitentiary because we <laughs> literally, we could not leave. They 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 made us stay in the hotel. Yeah. Um, we were fed and everything either at the hotel or on site for where we would like rehearse or like on filming days. We literally could not leave to do anything. And um, after like a few weeks, you know, after some of the crews got eliminated, that's when they were like, all right, guys. We're going to take you guys to Target today. And we're like, yo, we're going to Target, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and that was like going to Disneyland. I'm wow. not even playing. So we were, we would go to Target and we would just like buy like cup of noodles and just random stuff that we think we need. Because we're living in these hotel rooms for months. And I remember on this. So this is probably by like week three or four. So, you know, a few episodes that already aired. We go to Target, just go go in there to pick up the stuff that we need. And then we're just getting mobbed by people. Like, kids are like, y'all the Jabberwockies? And we're yeah. like, how do you know? <laughs> They're like, oh, we're voting for you guys. And we're like, oh, shoot, what? You guys are watching the show? They're like, yo, everybody's watching the show. Oh my God. I was like, whoa. And then, like, we had kids. We had we had grandparents. We And from like all races like in yeah. colors it was not yeah. just asian people we had like black kids coming up because i mean we were also in like culver city fox hills so there's a lot of a lot of black people out there yeah so we're like yo okay we're like people are coming up to us giving us all kinds of love and then um by like the second month right so you know again now this is probably like six seven weeks in oh. they're like we're gonna allow your families to come and visit i'm telling you this is straight up like jail like family visitation rights was there <laughs> so, a glass like, pane were you like talking through a wall know, right? like you would, you would think can so. i hug you <laughs> but no it was straight up by like by um by time right like okay this person's family's coming at like 12 o'clock to like two o'clock or whatever whoa. it was like that so i remember when um 
I told my family, like, hey, you guys can come on this day. You know, my mom cooked hella food, right? <laughs> and then she just wanted to feed the entire, you she know, She was like Toshidak for everybody? Straight up, straight up. And like just brought hella food. Aww. And then I remember to this day, so many of the, like the cast or the people who were still on the show at the time, they're like, yo, that was the best day. Like, because it just felt like family vibes, you know? And yeah. then my, my niece, who was like two years old at the time, she came and she was like the star of the whole place because everyone was just like, just googly eyed at her and... And it was just like, it was, it felt so wholesome. And yeah. Like, but we were just so thankful for those little things. And then I, and that was the time when, because this is pre like real, like cell phone stuff too. This like, I think the iPhone one wasn't, <laughs> it maybe it just came out or like it came out around then. So you got to understand this is, this is pre social media. This yeah. is pre all that. So like, yeah. there's not a lot of ways for us to be in contact with the outside world. They would even take away our cell phones and laptops two days prior to taping and a day after. So we were like three days at a time without in a communication. Dead zone. Yeah, we're just like they because the and our hotel out of all things doesn't even have MTV. So it's not like we're watching the show. So we don't even know what the world is watching because we don't we don't even get MTV at the hotel. So that was the situations that we were in. And then finally, um, by like the later few episodes, they would bring in a TV and with a tape recording of the show. Because, again, the, the hotel, just whatever, for reason, whatever reason, the cable doesn't get MTV. So they would make a tape, a tape recording of the show. And then we would all after each uh, week's episode, we'd all gather in this like one like ballroom thing. And we'd all like watch that week's episode. And it was just like always a party after that. Aww. But like those were the conditions of season one. And like, but oh, yeah. So when my when my brother and my sister came and visited us the first time, my brother, I've never seen him so excited. He's just like, yo, dude, this is the biggest show in the world right yep, now. Like, what are you talking was. about? He's like, dude, because ev- my brother's in high school. He's like, dude, everyone at my high school thinks I'm you. So everyone's like, I'm like the cool guy on campus now. I'm like, sick, dude, oh that's God. tight. And like, and Status then my sister. Had like just elevated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then my sister's like, all my coworkers at like at, at Disney, they're like raving about the show. We're we're doing like watch parties every week. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, this is crazy. And then, you know, and, and on top of that, after we won the show, then like everything, all the Asian media publications, like straight up just like rallied around us. And it was cool. I mean, you know, though it was not our intention to do anything like that. It was something that organically happened that we actually were really proud of. We're like, hey, let's go. And if this is if this is putting Asian people one step further towards something positive, um, we're all for it, you know, and then. You know, that that's also a time, I mean, you know, like Far East movement started popping right at that same time. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I would run into like Pro and Kev and, you know, those guys just when we're out, we would just be like, yo, yeah, we, were, yeah. we would both just be excited because we get it. We're like, yo, I see you guys. And like, yeah, I see you guys. And that's so it was beautiful. such a cool time. And then, you know, like like Wong Fu and YouTube and all that stuff started happening right at yeah. that time. And it's all kind of like we kind of came through the gates together yeah and and you know fast forward to present day i mean it's just elevating even more and more like minji i'm so proud i remember the first time i met with you i think it was like in culver city we had coffee yeah because uh you hit me up and you were like 
telling me that you were about to kind of take over the collaboration role. And then, mm-hmm. and then we just, we just talked and got to know each other. And I remember hearing about all your, your dreams and aspirations for collaboration. And then also through the years, you know, seeing you kill it in that space and then transition out of that space and then move into your own personal dreams of like acting and, you know, um, and then I'm so proud and so happy to see that you have put out a, a, a podcast and been like just so faithful with this platform. And and as you were even sharing with me, just even the nerves of of being seen and heard in a way where you felt comfortable and safe to just kind of be raw and, and be yourself. Yeah, um, I'm sure. And I would love to hear, you know, your road and your journey. Um, but, you know, I, I think one thing that I'm so thankful and humbled is um, is we all did it with each other and for each other. Mm. Uh, it wasn't this like, yo, let me get mine. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. it's like if if you're doing it, I think I can do it. Maybe mm-hmm. we can do it together and mm-hmm. maybe we can hold the door open for others to come through because, you know, we are inspiring the younger generation because now people look at what we're doing is like, oh, yeah, that's normal. That like, you know, Asian people have been dancing and podcasting and acting and music and yeah. all the things forever yeah. in their <laughs> minds. But we're like, no, nah, this is kind of brand new. You this know? is pioneering. So, OK, like, yeah, don't, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a uh, I was saying earlier, this is pre pre recording, um, but, you know, I was acknowledging it's I don't even know if it's imposter syndrome. I don't know, like what the right terminology is, but it's just like this particular anxiety of like, I just remember you're a Leo, right? I'm a Leo. You're a Leo, natural performer. And it shows <laughs> I am a cancer, but I'm a Leo moon. And like, that's like my inner world is like, I have a performer totally within me. And uh, I am the girl with crystals that like subscribes to that. And but I've noticed because this is all in retrospect, when I started getting into birth charts and all this, I was like, man, this this is like frighteningly me. And it was mm-hmm. like acknowledging certain things. It was just a tool and like a, a revelation of some kind, another way to like look into myself. But realizing like the friction within myself is that I have this within me. Like I have a performer and artist. Um, I have things to say, the things I want to like put out in the world. Sure. But I'm struggling so hard throughout a period of time to actually do that. And I'll like keep myself safe and small in certain ways in order to feel safe, but like feeling at odds with that because I was like, no, but that's not how I want to do it. I want to do it bigger. I want to do it more myself, whatever that means. And Mm. knowing deep down in my head, that's not really me. That's a version. I think I'm trying to still be palatable to everybody. This is me still trying to be the version that makes sense to the audience, but it's not anyway, but I feel like performers and like, again, being in the pioneering space, um, again, to be even included in that group amongst people that I admire and respect so much is like a big deal to me. And it's to also acknowledge, like, it is a very daunting task because the work, the cost of it, sometimes ignorance is bliss. And you just dive into things. Like you said, with Jabberwockies, y'all are just doing you like you were just, being yourselves and you had no idea and that blank canvas kind of benefited you because you weren't pressured by the previous season or this like mark um so that's a different task but then otherwise too it's like it is a blank canvas and it's like it is only what you make of it so there's no guidelines there's no like rules or like ways to grasp how do i do this what do i do how do i know if i'm doing well you know Mm. um 
it's both, right? It's like that paradox. So anyway, all to say, like, I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. I've heard feedback from listeners of this podcast. Like somebody actually emailed me one year, I think it was like a year or two ago. And they're like, you've really grown a lot. And I was like, wow, that's really what. And then I got really self-conscious. I was like, how? How did I what did I sound like at the beginning? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> what stupid thing did I say? And how did I change? <laughs> Do I have to listen to like 150 episodes? Because like it's it gets really cringy when I have to listen yeah. to myself. But I was I like, hear you. I feel okay. the same way. I feel yeah. the same way. I, yeah. When I first started podcasting, I was like, yo, this is garbage. Why did I even keep going? No, <laughs> you know? you're but, so good. But no, but you know, I, you know, I want to, I, I want to address something that you said. You said like, is it imposter syndrome? Is it this like, you know, whatever, just, just you being your worst critic. Yeah. And then also addressing this, uh, you know, when people say, oh, wow, you've grown so much. And then oddly, rather than that making you feel like good and, and like uh, being an encouragement, you you turn that into so how bad was I then before? <laughs> exactly. you know? Like even this encouragement somehow becomes a negative to you. You're yeah. like, damn, was I really that bad that was I grown? Oh, no. Um, but, oh. you know, I, I do think that there is uh, I mean, yeah, I'll call it a, at least a version of imposter syndrome. And here's the thing. I think, yes, in general, imposter syndrome is considered a negative, right? We're like, mm-hmm. oh, no one likes to be like, yeah, I love my imposter syndrome. But I think the what I've learned, the positive side of it is that it it keeps you from ever getting complacent mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it makes you feel like I have so much to grow always. There mm-hmm. is never I the I have arrived mentality. Yeah. Um, because once you feel that there, there's you've already made your own ceiling, you've already capped yourself and you you're like, OK, I guess that's as far as I can go. But somehow the imposter syndrome makes you feel like I need to do my homework at all times. I need to be observant and learn and be humble and work hard. And of course, that will always result in more growth. Yeah. And so I think, you know, having a um, a growth mindset, I think you learn to turn that imposter syndrome into your friend. And and again, I think it's a it's a dance with it, though, too. It's not like fully be overtaken and like, oh, I suck and oh, I can't do anything. And anytime someone compliments you, you're like, no, 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 this sucked in this many ways. (laughs) Not even to that's extreme. But I think the um, learning to know that I will always have something to improve in. Mm -hmm. Yes. Acknowledge the good. And I think that's really important. Acknowledge like. Yeah, celebrate the wins, accept the flowers and and okay, cool. Thank you. That really is encouraging. I'll note that and I'll I'll store that away and that cool, that's a strength. And here are some of the things that I still need to work on. And I think that continual cycle is what allows growth mindset to even be a thing. Yeah. And so I've learned, man, every freaking day I'm like I am not tight and I have so much to grow in. And I'm like, why am I just sitting around where I'm sure someone out there is creating something dope right now? And I'm just like chilling, you know what I'm saying? But um, that's a Korean in you. It totally is. It totally is. And I think, though, um, learning to have grace for yourself is so important. And you mentioned things like, uh, you know, emotional and mental health and, and all that is so important. And um, I think, you know, what I love to see in people as they sort of grow and let's just even say age, you know, like as we get older, 
Um, I think a lot of people, especially in creative spaces, they recognize um, the and, and embrace the the lower parts. That what I mean by lower is stuff that like we never would post on Instagram. We, mm. you know, your mm-hmm. younger self is gonna like check out this dope project that I just did. Right, and, like, right. Look at this award that I just got, and uh, you, you, it's not really common. I think it's more common now, which I think is great. Where people all just will be like, yeah, I'm not having a good day today. Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and it's okay. And yeah. it's okay to like feel like I didn't really want to get up today. And that humanizes people and it makes everyone feel like, ah, we are all on the same playing field. Um, and even the most, cre- and I, I, that's why I love podcasts because I've, I've had conversations with so many people that I like admire to the utmost. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, you're just like God status when it comes <laughs> to your craft. Yeah. And then what, and then they'll come on to the podcast and be like, yeah, I'm kind of in a slump right now. Like, I don't really feel creative. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just like, what? Like, how? You know, but I'm like, because you're still so tight. <laughs> and then in their minds, they're like, I don't feel tight. I'm like, whoa. See, isn't that weird? It's it's all perception. Yeah. Our, our self-perception could be so deceiving because someone else could be like, wait, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I see you for. I mean, maybe like I, I, I don't see you for everything because only you know everything about yourself. Right. But from where I can sit and like not even talking about creative output and work, but even um, like the the ability to admit like, yo, I don't feel good today. That takes so much courage and boldness. And I think people um, don't give enough credit to how powerful that that is for yourself. The yeah. moment you can express your own vulnerability, um, you take some pressure off yourself. Like, you know, like uh, when you you feel like, I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. I yeah. don't want to be weak. I don't. And then you cry. And then you're just like, oh, damn, I needed that. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Did. Like, I just needed to get that out. And I feel so much better. But then, but prior to that, you're just like, I don't but you're do fighting it. You're fighting it. Yeah. It's like, I can't then, do it. And then when it comes out, it's like, yo, that was what I needed. And like, you know, especially after these crazy times that we just kind of are crawling out of, right? Pandemic mode. And, you know, I think we're we're now seeing the aftermath of what, you know, two plus years of a lockdown um, has done to the world. You know, it's done a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so as much as we can acknowledge the damage, I think it's also so important to acknowledge and celebrate the beautiful wins and the beautiful things that are coming out and people who are challenging themselves and stretching themselves and doing things that are a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, even like going back to you, you know, um, you stuck with what you said you were passionate about and all the stuff that you did, all the work behind closed doors, not posted on social media, um, all the reps that you put in for, you know, acting, podcasting. Um, and I'm probably, I'm sure there's so much more that I don't even know about that you can feel free to <laughs> fill me in on. <laughs> but I'm saying like those reps behind closed doors are the stuff that really counts to, um, you know, create dope stuff, you know. Thank and you. Uh, 
And it's cool. I think, yeah, as you said, divine timing. I'm like, I was actually really excited when you came. I was like, I've been wanting to catch up with Minji because I see she's been doing some cool things. I just want to talk to her about it. Yay. No, I'm glad. It's Well, the funny thing is I kind of like mentioned it earlier when I was saying like the reason why I want to talk to you is like genuinely I I wondered how I would even feel about bringing it up within this conversation because I was like when I talk to Ben I'm gonna be so hype I'm gonna be really happy and it's gonna be great we're gonna vibe and talk but then the reality is all the moments like leading up to this conversation I actually have been in a bad slump Mm. and I have been feeling pretty negative about a lot of things that in isolation are not too crazy but it's the fact that they're all like piled on top of each other and like this is the thing how like i recognize how much our environment and the people that we're around affect our our energy and our mood right um because right now like there's stuff exactly what you said i i've been having this like being in this you've been in in the entertainment industry longer than i have but to like see it for what it is the bad with the good to recognize, like, to be really real about this is what it takes to, like, succeed in this in this circus. Um, it gets exhausting. Do you know what I mean? And oh. it's a really big mental uh, wear and tear. And so it really matters, like, what you consume and, like, who you're around, you know, because that's your that's your coping. That's the way that you survive all of the the wear and tear and stuff that I I kind of was like disengaging from social media, like. I wanted to share some of these thoughts and I I wanted to even do a whole podcast episode on it. But then I thought that would be too much of a downer to just like go deep into like kind of this nihilistic vibe that I'm in right now where I feel like nothing matters. It's Mm. it's been a weird thing. See, and then my my energy changes when I'm talking to you. But like like genuinely, when I was leading up to this, I, I got rejected from a film festival and that hit me harder than I expected. So one of the other things to catch up with you on, I, I'm like venturing into becoming a filmmaker, that there's things that I want to write. And I've mm-hmm. been a writer since I was a, a kid and I just never called myself a writer. I never thought I aspired to be a writer, but being an actor taught me these are some whack ass scripts. And like, if they're <laughs> making this, like I can't yeah. be worse than this. Like I got to sure. try and, oh. and represent my people and represent women and represent like, this is not how a, a girl or woman would respond in any of these scenarios. <laughs> so I felt like, you know, and then what's happening right now with the strikes and, um, you know, just so many things are like converging right now where the little things that are happening in my life and the acknowledgement of the age, like where I'm celebrating in one hand and then I'm feeling really scared and anxious of like, I'm so proud of certain things I've done at this point, but I'm like, again, my attention's getting drawn to like all the stuff I haven't done that I thought I would do by now. Wondering how much time I have left. My parents live in a different state now and they get so much older every time I see them. And all this stuff is like scaring the crap out of me, to be honest. Like I get, Mm. and it, I let it for better or worse. Like I'm a really positive person overall. But I think I was in that place kind of like the same way you need to cry and like let it out. I was letting myself just be negative and just Mm. feel scared and to feel bummed and to feel the rejection and the sting. Because like, you know, I'm saying it's like this overwhelm, like everyone's like, you're so dope. You're so great. You're doing all these things. But you yourself know for real what the day to day is like. You know, all the things that you're not winning, the ways that you failed, the goals you didn't hit. Um the the mid stuff that you're creating and you're just like this isn't it <laughs> and mm-hmm. you just like and the progression that you feel like you're not making 
So, yeah, I mean, honestly, like th- it has been a crazy time. There's been a lot of really dope things happening. And in light, yeah. like for, for I think a number of things, including what's actually really going on in the world, how big of a threat I do understand AI to be. It's not it's like a if it is a certainty, it's going to it is changing our world drastically. Um, the climate change stuff, like I really care about our Earth and I'm genuinely mm-hmm. like on a mm-hmm. political like bigger level of just understanding how commerce and the water crisis, like I paid attention to that stuff. I'm, I'm the science nerd, you know, been paying mm-hmm. attention to it for decades. It's not a good moment right now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm not trying to alarm people, but we got to be alarmed to a degree. Sure. Like it's yeah. just, it's yeah. scary times. So the personal meeting, the bigger meta things that I feel like I have very little control over, obviously. And I'm a, I'm a little drop in a bucket. Um, those are actually putting me in a pretty negative place. And then today I was feeling productive and trying to like get outside of my feelings, um, and just do, and just like get stuff done that I pay bills and like Mm -hmm. check bank accounts. And like, you know, I got it. I got a toll ticket. So I had to pay that. (laughs) Like just doing things to like check, 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 (laughs) um, to help me manage getting through it. And then I was really looking forward to talking with you. So that's actually like in the immediate past slash up to today, I've been kind of in this like, dude, what is the point of all of this? Like to right. for real, like I was mm-hmm. just like, why are we trying to do all this stuff? Like if the earth is burning, like, do I really want to be a mom? Like I'm, I've been going there. Do I want to spend money that I like we're on strike now? How am I going to make a living? And I want to spend hell thousands of dollars on freezing my eggs this is a thing that's been weighing on my mind for the last two Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. stuff like that like that's a mix of like really dope things that i have shared on social media and they're all real and i'm very very thankful and real excited and then also in the privacy of my brain and like in my personal life that i don't have the energy to even like post it all just feels like why you know, mm. so it's uh, and then I fear that I'm like being a downer to everybody. But that's not how I feel when I hear other people vent about all the stuff that's happening in the earth, because I feel comforted that I'm not alone, sure. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's been an interesting time. Um, yeah. And I want to create, but like I want to also comment to you. I think like if you are not creating all the time, that's really good because you're human as an artist. Your life is art. You know what I mean? Everything that you experience, including the lulls and including the bad and including the like blocks and like feeling worthless and useless or whatever, or just like neutral, that's all feeding into the next amazing thing you're going to make. Like we, I wonder like what your perspective is on that as a creator, because you do dance, you run a business, you have the studio, you know, you're doing podcasts. Like you're just, I don't know how you do that because I cannot do that. Like, that's what I've learned from this podcast. It is, Mm. it takes a lot to continuously do output, you know, and that's Mm. like the job. How do you do that? Right, right. You know, I, you know, I want to get into, before I even answer that, like, Mm. as I'm just uh, hearing what you're saying in terms of this uh, worldview, right? Like you said, the world is burning. And then, so what's the point, right? Do I even want to you know, bring a child into this world and like, you know, like I'm put, okay, I posted this thing on Instagram, it got the likes and then I got my dopamine hit mm-hmm. and now that's worn off. So now what's like, what's next? And it's this rat race and this hamster wheel of like, what's all this for? Um, you know, I 
totally uh, resonate with that. And um, let's even take career, creativity, artists. Let's take all of that off the table. Like at the end of the day, base baseline is all of us are human beings. Yeah. All of us have uh, wants and needs. And I think um, that that line between a want and need can get so blurred where we want so many things that we're so convinced that we want it so bad that we find ourselves uh, defining it as a need. Mm. Um, And I think that's really at least just worth taking a look at. Like, even if it's writing down those things, like, what do I want and what do I need? And then you just let yourself free flow thought of things and just like, oh, I want a family or I want to get married or, you know, I want this income or whatever, right? And then uh, what do I need? Oh, I need food. I need like a shelter. I need clothes or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then like when you really like look at all that and then compare, I think um, at least for me, man, I'm surprised if like, man, this thing that I thought I needed, like, oh, like I need to, I need to find love. I need to get married. It's like, do you actually need (laughs) that, like Uh, that specific thing or uh do you want that? And again, it's not to demonize or vilify a want. I think that's fine. We were created to desire. We're created to want. Mm-hmm. But then it's it's questioning what do I actually want and why do I define that thing as the thing that I want? Like if it's love, like does that mean marriage? Does that mean yeah. husband, wife? Does that mean children? Yeah. Or can love, the essence of what I'm craving, can that be found in something larger than just that the one person or the one thing yeah and you know for me like my my relationship with god is everything for me and um that literally is the thing that anchors me and um and you know i i also wanted to talk to the the point of even when you feel negative and when you feel like you want to complain or or even just like vent and all that. And I know people like, no, positive thinking, positive thinking, don't be <laughs> negative, don't say. And, and I get that. Yeah. But I think there's also a, a weird healthiness to letting all those things actually come out. Mm-hmm. If you want to complain, if you want to be negative, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Let it out because you're being honest with yourself and you're yeah. letting yourself tell yourself actually how you feel. Now, I think the important thing is don't live there. Yeah, you know? I agree. Now that you expressed it and you heard yourself say it and you, you felt all the emotion, let yourself yell, cry, whatever it is. Now, let's take that and let's, let's get it to a healthy place so that we don't live there. And I, I think that's I've been learning that through things like therapy and coaching and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, going back to your question about, you know, um, output and creativity and things like that. Um, of course, social media, uh, that whole culture is very tempting to constantly throw your hat in the ring, right? Like, oh, someone did something. Okay, I got to do something. So I throw my hat in the ring so people don't forget about me, mm-hmm. you know? And, and there's this like, we just don't want to get forgotten, right? I don't want to lose followers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's kind of this thing. And, um, you know, and I think as people who I know, I think at least I'll just say both you and myself. Um, and, and I know a lot of other people will fall into this, but like only wanting to put out stuff that we believe in, right. Something mm-hmm. that truly represents like something that I've been passionate about, or like, I believe in this project or I believe in the messaging of this thing. 
uh, being authentic, you know, that's such like this, like, oh yeah, I got to keep it real. You know, that's like sort of a buzzwordy thing, right? Being authentic. <laughs> but I think when you are always honestly set on being authentic, I think in the moments when you don't have output, you are okay with that because you know that you authentically have nothing to put out right now and you authentically feel how you feel. I don't feel inspired. And as much as that could be like, oh, but I should feel inspired because so-and-so is inspired and so-and-so put out something. So I should, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> how do you actually feel? Yeah. Do you not feel you want to, okay, then be proud that you're honestly not putting something out because this is how you feel. And when you do want to put something out, be excited because, ah, I actually found something that I want to work on yeah. or post or share. Um, Cause not everything needs to be this like grand announcement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. even if it's like meeting up with a friend for coffee and sharing something that you've been feeling or something that you've been learning and then have a, a just a real conversation, it could be as simple as that to yeah social media whatever so yeah i think for me you know and and you you are actually catching me in a very big transitional space you know we we're talking about jabberwockies and you know i'd even talk about kinjas and stuff like yeah. that but like you know i transitioned from you know dance was my life for like 20 plus years like i was i identified with like ben the dancer and ben jabberwockies ben kinjas and you know it's so tempting to hide behind a, um, an affiliation you know like you could be like it's like pk from collaboration you know what i'm yeah, saying or yeah. ninji from collaboration it's this like what is the affiliation that you have to give some credibility or weight behind your name yeah and i think there's a lot of um temptation to do that because we subconsciously think that without the affiliation that we are not we don't carry any merit or we have no place to be seriously in the room or i have a seat at the table yeah and i think what i've learned is um sure the if, i'm not going to discredit the affiliation yeah that that may give you access but the at the end of the day people everything is a people industry Mm -hmm. doesn't matter whether you're an actor, whether you're a doctor, whether you are in food or whether you're in tech, like mm -hmm. you're working with people. And um, it, no matter how talented you are, if people just don't like being around you, they will find another way to find someone else to work with. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so I have to remind myself, though, too, because, you know, the biggest thing for me when even crossing over into podcasting, it was my own critic in my head telling me like bro you're a dancer what business do you have hosting a podcast bro like mm. you don't you've never hosted a thing in your life mm. you dance like stick to dancing bro you know like mm -hmm. that's my own voice in my head no one was telling that to me other than myself yeah your ego my ego yeah and but you know i think one thing that i what helped me sort of not necessarily silence my ego just not listen to my ego was do you actually enjoy podcasting? Mm -hmm. Do you enjoy having conversations with people, hearing stories and, and sharing their stories? Does that do something for you? And my quick and easy answer was like, absolutely, it does. Mm -hmm. Well, then, then just do it. And because, you know, it, the follow up question is like, well, but is it going to make money? Are people going to follow? Are they going to subscribe? Like, is it going to be a big podcast or is mm -hmm. it going to just like sit at the bottom of like the myriads of 
podcast, whatever, right? Like yeah. there's so many, you know, podcasts out there. And and that's also our ego talking like, oh, but if you're gonna do something, it has to be popping. It has to be yeah. the biggest yeah. thing. And I was just like, yo, man, it doesn't matter. You know, just do it. Because I, my simple thing was, why do I want to do it? Is like, I find value in people's stories because I listen to people's life stories and I gain so much. Yeah. And I know that that person was not sitting there catering this conversation for me. They were just telling their story and I find connecting points, you know, and I'm listening to people who are not dancers, maybe not even in entertainment, you know what right. I mean? They're just right. like thought leaders or whatever, you know, people who will who are in tech and stuff. I'm like, wow, I never even thought of that. And like, that applies to dancing this way. You know, like you find your ways to relate. Yeah. So I'm like, there's this power in storytelling. So my why was I want more people's stories to be documented. Partially, I was like, man, there's not a lot of audio or video content of Bruce Lee. Mm. I was like, man, if Bruce Lee lived in this century, yeah, like what kind of stuff about him would be out there? We're like, we got a few interviews and we got like a book. You know, and then we got <laughs> stories that people tell about him. Yeah. But he he himself talking, there's not a lot. Yeah. And and I'm like, man, see, that's why like, you know, audio and video content is so important because it captures what this person actually said, what they were actually thinking in real time, and it lives forever. Yeah. So I'm like, man, we gotta get more stories out there. So Glad. Again, I think it's for me going back to like, you know, why or like, when do I create? What do I do when I don't feel like it? It's it's always like, do I really like what I'm doing? Um, and if so, then let's go. Let's go for it. And and my ROI is, was I proud of it? Mm, you know, yeah. Did did one person listen to it? I always <laughs> get at least one. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? like, yeah. I'm like, cool. So it's not like no one's listening to it. Like someone's out there listening or they watched it. I got at least one like on this thing. Like, so someone resonated with it. So I think I have to stop playing the numbers game and more so yeah. like, do I like it? Did I connect with it? And did someone resonate with it? Cool. With well, a mission accomplished and let's keep it moving to the next thing. And um, I think that's where I'm at, too. And, and going back to the whole dancing thing, like, you know, I'm, I'm turning 42 in a couple of weeks, you know, so not to say that my dance years are done, but like me doing it like, you know, 15 years ago is not going to be how I do it in the next 20 years. I'm like, yo, there is there was a time where that was like everything for me. And now I think I evolve into I think dance is always going to be a part of my life, you know, mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. I think my my desire and even dream for it now is to create platforms for dance to continue to exist, whether that be through different uh, uh, media forms and things like that. Um, you know, like I'm working on like this dance documentary to like this animated series and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't know. I've never had dreamed of doing anything like this, but because of my time put into dance, it has afforded me to have not only knowledge, but also kind of have like, not, I don't want to say authority, like as, I've, as if I'm an authority, but I have experience and I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you, you know, do. I, you have authority. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, <laughs> and I know the culture and I know the community and the history. So it's like, okay, like now I can move into these different things, but like, I may not be the one performing, but like, I'm still building dance, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's cool to just like evolve. And I think that's the hard stuff is when we're so 
unwilling to let go of the quote unquote glory days. Like, no, Mm -hmm. but I'm not ready to let go of the stage. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I I still want to perform on TV. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, look, everybody goes through their thing. And then as their time evolves, they progress into the next thing. And I think that's the beauty of life is seasonal, you know, and no matter how much you want something to stay, nothing, nothing stays, everything changes, you know? Yeah. And I think when you can move and flow with that change and evolution, embrace what the next thing is for you, um, it becomes, it becomes fun because it becomes new again. And I don't know about you, man. I, I love the novelty of new things. Um, not, not to be like, oh, like, uh, you know, I'm bored of something, so I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> but there is an excitement when something's new because, like, you, again, you become like, I, I have so much to learn about this thing. And so when you get into that sort of childlike student mode, mm-hmm. um, you find yourself like, you know, yeah, like when you're not even paying attention to the hours you're putting into something and yet you're just at it and you're having fun. You're like, whoa, this is cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm in that phase right now. I, you know, I'm, I'm venturing into some new spaces and um, sure, Kinjas is still there. And, you know, I'm a co-owner of, of that company, but also um, learning what it means to be just Ben, not like Ben the Kinja. Yeah. Uh, but just Ben. And, and like, what does Ben care about what does he like to do like what does he want to talk about uh what spaces does he want to curate you know and mm-hmm. um and sure there's a lot of downtime in that too you know what i'm saying and and i think i have to be okay with those days where um there wasn't a whole lot of movement i didn't you know land some new project or there's a there's a standstill with this project and we kind of have to wait for the writer strike to finish out and you know exactly. like there's there's a lot of that and and but I also know that hey when the season says I guess you have nothing to do right now but to kind of chill and rest mm-hmm. well maybe that's what you're supposed to do maybe that's the chill and rest season because once it's time to go it's time to go it's know? time so, to go just let yourself enjoy the seasons as they come and, and, and they will only pass with the time that it takes for that season to pass. You can't, you can't fast forward a season. It's impossible. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think when you try to, you actually end up the one getting disappointed and hurt because you just can't do it. <laughs> so you just get frustrated. That is my you? issue, Ben. Yeah. Like yeah. I, it's, I, this is like uh, the big brother talk that I get, and I'm really like, I'm surrounded by so many wise people. This like, right? I know I'm gonna be all right. Even when I'm feeling all the most, not all right. I'm like, I'm gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm in good company. I have good guidance. I have good supporters and case in point. It's like this impossible thing that I've really worked on to be present. And like, that is the, I think that's such a vital part of a being like at your peak, like performance mode, I think of being a creative, like you cannot live too far in the future or in the past. Like you've got to be here and you've got to be connected to your higher calling, your higher power to inner self, like so many different things got to kind of align ideally for you to be being best self, making the best stuff, all that stuff. And again, I think that applies to like, whether you're an artist or not, I think just being a person, like, again, being like way too worried. And this is my nature, like my former self that I'm letting go of is always being freaked out about the future, Hmm. evaluating the past, figure out what I got to fix to be growth mentality. So the thing is like, it's funny because you brought up the growth mentality stuff. I completely agree with it. Like, I don't disagree with that. 
I have like an add on. And to me, I think I'm living in a world of paradox right now where I'm like, mm. I completely agree with like, always be in student mode. You never like, don't rest on your laurels. Like you have always more to be humble about and to be, um, you know, receiving new wisdom and new, new information. And that's a beautiful place to be. Mm. And then I don't know if it's TikTok's influence, but it's like, or the inner <laughs> Leo, it's like, just be delusional, baby. Like, just be like, no, mm. I am the best. I am like mm. the most perfect version of myself in all this imperfection. Like there's no one like me. And so I've been like dabbling in both because it's trying sure. to, for me, give myself permission where I feel like I've been shackled for so, for so much of my life. Like when I, if I like did data points, like if we're going to map out 38 years, how much proportion of that, did you actually feel good about yourself? Like appreciative to be you and, and receiving the blessings from like everything around you or how much of that time did you spend? Like being like, I'm not good enough. I'll never, you know, the best I can do is just this. And it's just never going to be that. And did it, whatever the comparing thing or being ashamed, like I didn't do X, Y, Z better or that I hurt this person or that I forgot to invite that person to a collaboration event. There's still people when I see them, I think I was like, oh, my God, this is like 10 years, man. I'm like, yeah. damn, I forgot to invite them to that thing. And I hope they're not so mad at me. No one cares. Um, yeah. Stuff like that, you know, so like yeah. that's where I've been like now living in this like Delulu phase. A lot of people have been doing this. The, the young folks, they're just like be delusional, like just. Give yourself permission to be like, I am, I'm the best. I am the shit. And that's about it. Like nothing mm -hmm. else exists. Mm -hmm. And then it was funny. Cause like I'm in that mode and then I get a rejection from a film festival. And I really thought I was really hopeful to be in it and like, was ready to like celebrate it. And then, you know, got the rejection, which happens, mm -hmm. you know, I was going to win. And yep. it's not the first rejection either. It's like the second one, but it meant something to me. And then it got fragile again. And I was like, Oh damn, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have thought so highly of, you know, and it shouldn't take one thing to like, just like, you know, shatter all of that. Um, but we have our moments, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. it's just, it's, it's the roller coaster and this like effort of trying to, to grow and like not let the negativity get the best of you. I'm just like saying this all to say, like, if there are people listening to this conversation and you have, you have knowledge of this extreme exhaustion that I've been feeling of like, I just kept getting hit with one thing after another. And I'm just like, I do my work. I do the inner work. I pray. I forgive. I like gratitude, all that. And I work to get back to a good neutral place. Something else happens. And like, you're kind of like knocked on your butt again. And like, it just feels tired, even though, you know, you're going to be okay. Even though like you, you're confident that you will grow, which I am. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I think there's space for both. I'm in like places of tremendous gratitude, excitement for the future, um, like throwing caution to the wind and like, yeah, I'm just do whatever feels good to me. And then there's like moment to moment, man. Sometimes I'm just like, I really hope my parents can see this before they're gone. You know, right, like right. Yeah. it does feel like there's a ticking clock and um, there's so many things again, out of control. Like there's things that I cannot control, like the whole love thing really been thinking about how much do I need certain things? Yeah. Um, yeah. is it a want or desire? I love, like, I totally love that we're mind melding. You're like saying exactly the words that I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, is it a want or is it a need? Like, let's, mm -hmm. let's be specific about that. So sure. yeah, it's a, it's a wild time. That's all I can say. Like it's good yeah. and bad. It's crazy. I'm really glad that like you're embracing that. What, who is Ben, you know, I think that's mm. dope. 
because it's like you, not even you, the artist, it's you as a person, you as a soul, you as a, Mm -hmm. just a person, like a being on this earth that like, forget the influence you have on others. Like what feels true to you? That's such a big question. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be so simple. Yeah. I, I love that you were talking about the like, yeah, there's the side of, yeah, be student, be humble, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Take chances. You yeah. Know? And yeah. Uh, I, I think absolutely like you got to swing for the fences, <laughs> you know, because, you know, there, there's like a, a kind of small little quote that's not super profound, but it's like it is like something to the effect of if you never ask, the answer is always no. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you never ask, then it's always no. Yeah. And and like even if even if you ask and you get a no, at least you know, at least you know you tried. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So if you never try, um, you know, like they they always say like, like it's the crazy ones who change the world, right? The people who are perceived as like the the Steve Jobs, the Walt Disney's, the Bruce Lee's, and like these are the people who are crazy enough to kind of go against what people thought was possible or what was normal. Mm-hmm. And they were the ones that that impacted the world. Sure, there are people who are a little crazy who don't do that too. But again, <laughs> yes. you got to take the chance. And I also think that is this weird, beautiful ebb and flow of life where, you know, it, it, like Mike Song has this quote that he, he, he put on a T-shirt long time ago. He said, um, he said, uh, enjoy the highs, embrace the lows. Yeah. So meaning it's like, you're going to have lows, you're going to have highs. So when the highs are there, enjoy it. They're they're there to be enjoyed. And when there are those low times, embrace that because you like understanding what it feels like to be low and, and just let yourself feel it. It allows you to recognize when the high comes to be that much more thankful and enjoy that high. Because like, damn, I remember what it was like when I was down there. Yeah. Right now I'm up here. And then to know that this is life, it's yeah. always going to, yeah. you're never going to be up, always up here. Beautiful thing is you're never always going to be down here. And it's yeah. just know that, and and I always say this too, and I've experienced this now, like, you know, whatever, going 40 plus years is any time where I'm in this like uncomfortable space where I just feel like, yo, I've been just I've been wandering in the valley for a long time. There's always a breakthrough that happens. It happens after that. Mm. And I feel like I've been wandering in the Um. valley for a while now, for years. And I'm starting to see now the breakthrough. And that's where I'm so excited um, to like, be like, oh, I think this is happening. I think this is what I've been preparing for this whole time. And that's not to say that even in this upswing of like now you're about to experience this like, you know, the fruit of all that labor. Yeah. Um, there's still going to be tough times within the like, like I had a weird week straight up. This week was like weird and it was tough, <laughs> but I'm like, it's OK. I'm still on the upswing. I know I am like, yeah. I know that I am still in this process of breakthrough. Um, and, you know, like I just believe like, man, like the enemy does not want you to receive breakthrough. So he's going to try to do what he can to trip you up and try to get you off track. But if you just don't believe that and you believe like, no, I already know what God has me on and like, we're going, there's no stopping this. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, okay, cool. Let's keep it moving. Yeah. We can, we could take a couple L's along the way, but I already know I'm on this trajectory and and I'm unstoppable with this. And so I think there's just that like, but you, I don't think you can even uh, identify that. If mm-hmm. you don't have those moments where you get ultra humbled mm-hmm. and, and you and you 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 get some rejection, 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that yeah. rejection, you'll you'll let it hit you, you'll let it suck, and then you'll be like, you use that as fuel to to keep going and, and work even harder for the next time. Yeah. And I just think that's the beauty of of uh just life journey. Now I got super meta. We just here we are. That's a, that's how we get on the show. It is all good. No, and I needed to yeah. hear all this. It's like it's perspective, you know, it's a reminder to zoom back out. And these are all things that like, it, it means a lot to hear from someone that you admire and you trust. And then to hear outside of yourself, because we can have that inner dialogue. But sometimes it's like, man, we've been on this train for a long time. It's only us yeah. talking to ourselves. That's why we need other people. And like, that's my tendency lately to like, just isolate more. Like, I don't mm. even want to, I, I, I've recognized my issue with, um, not wanting to ask for help. That's a common pattern I've had for a long time. Um, and my issues like vulnerability and that again, right. Like smacking my face that I'm like, Oh, I'm such an open person. Like, yeah, being an open person, being vulnerable. Those are not the same things. I don't like, Mm. I think I have a, the vulnerability part bleeds into everything to family, to work, to like what you create to dating and relationships. Like I've been trying to keep myself safe, which means I'm not gonna be vulnerable with anybody. And like, yeah. I frame it like, I don't want to be a burden to people. I don't want to, you know, sure. I like disclaimer, all the stuff to even my closest friends who want to know how I'm really doing. Totally. And so it's stuff that like, the, those are good breakthrough things that I think I'm, I'm very aware of now. And now I'm coming upon, I'm like, Minji, we're grown now. We've been grown for a bit, but like, you're continuing to grow. These are, it's, I keep it really simple now. It's like, is this something you want to keep doing or not? It's simple. Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Cause you're, you've, you've been through this rodeo like many, many times, you know, yeah. and this is where I'm learning how to listen to myself better. Um, to trust my compass. I was like, no, I don't want to keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, then. Okay, babe. Yeah. Now then. So we got to do something about it. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah. So little by little, I, I agree. And I love, admired like the complete faith. In, Cause I have, I am so confident, like whatever it is that you're going to endeavor, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time because you have your why you have your North star, you have your faith. I, I, I've begrudgingly accepted sometimes like, I, I would frame certain things that like I believe is my purpose, my talents, and I would figure out a way to make it a negative. I'd be like, oh, who would want to be with somebody that has as chaotic of a life as I do? This is what I would say. This stuff that I would say, if and when I am not if like when I'm successful within my creative career that I feel very, you know, that part feels actually more clear to me even though there's like sucky rejections and, you know, all that stuff along the way and the comparison, all that stuff, imposter syndrome. Like, I feel like that's a certainty. The other part that feels uncertain is like everything else, even with friends, like, okay, who's going to want to deal with my, my crazy life. You know, I Mm. feel like everyone having to adjust to my schedule, that my traveling, like whatever. Um, and I don't know if it's just, and being Korean and the, the age generation that we're from, like, I've been programmed to believe like you can't be too much, especially as a woman, as a girl, Mm. like I've had it in subtle ways that like, I felt like me being ambitious and me wanting and getting certain achievements was like a threat to my partners, Mm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I've been attracted to guys who were like, you know, there's like little incongruencies or in the past way past, like I've dated great guys in terms of that more recently, but in the past, like there's a little resentment about like, if I'm advancing 
and they didn't mean to. This wasn't like no, no, it was no sure. malicious intent. Yeah. But it's like, oh, am I going to emasculate my part? Stuff like that, like real stuff that is to me, I get scared is like a byproduct of success of me achieving all these dreams that I want to do. Like the idea, like I can't have it all, um, which is just crazy. And I and saying it out loud to you and like acknowledging it, I hear it's a valid feeling. I don't think it's a fact. It's not true. There are people who will gladly support an ambitious woman. And yeah. Again, I don't know if that's just a want or need, like all that too, like all those layers. But those sure. are things that I'm like revealing through letting myself navigate the negativity. I don't even yeah. want to frame it as that. It's just these feelings that are the discomfort and not yeah. feeling so like bright, but it's still revealing really good things to me. Like things that I think are helpful for me to know even that like, oh, this is what you're scared of. Oh, this mm-hmm. is what you're really mad about. Or this is what you you feel really like. Maybe this is why you keep yourself small, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe that's I and that was a big aha moment. I got ghosted by somebody that I was talking to and it was not serious. And I didn't really care. But I was just I used that as data of like, man, it's hard out here in these streets. Like, it is hard out here in these streets, especially <laughs> on the dating app streets. I'll tell you that. I mean, that's a whole other thing, you know. And uh, I love, uh, I love, and and I love hearing a female's perspective on on this. And because uh, you know, as a guy, I don't, I, I can only speculate uh, what I think a girl might be feeling or thinking and, mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, you talked about, like, do I need, like, am I purposely needing to make myself small so that I don't intimidate and scare off a, a guy or whatever? Yeah. But my, what I would say to that is that why would you even want to be with a guy who needs you to do that for him? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, yeah. that doesn't say anything about you. That says everything about the guy. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that even for like, let's just turn to take like same thing for like, you know, women out there. Like um, if if I have a certain sort of, uh, you know, a lifestyle or whatever, um, I shouldn't have to. And now it's not like, oh, let me just be me. And like, you know, it's like uh, take take it or leave it kind of thing. I'm not talking about that. But I mean, like, you know, I, one thing's for sure. Not everybody is for everybody. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like. I just know that not everybody's for me and I'm not for everybody. And, um, and I, I don't, uh, I don't even think either of us, I mean, you said the word palatable earlier, like we're not trying to make ourselves the most palatable. Like how can I make myself so generically, you know, (laughs) desirable so that like everybody wants me or whatever. I wouldn't want someone who's like that. Why would I want to make myself like that? You know? And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, when we are, comfortable not just comfortable in our own skin but i mean like comfortable in not only who we are but what we want from a potential partner to what uh we value in and of ourselves i think that's important and like um i think when and i again i think this is something that's a cultural thing we we like almost put dating marriage all that on this pedestal as if that's like the ultimate Yep. you know, place of happiness that if you get the right person, you will ultimate, you'll find ultimate happiness. And we all know that that's not true. Yeah. Otherwise the divorce rate wouldn't be what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Seriously. And so it's, it's this. Numbers again, don't lie. <laughs> numbers don't lie. And, yeah. and I think when you, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier of like, 
yes, wants and needs. Yes, everyone needs love. That's for sure. That's not even a want. We all need love. Mm-hmm. But what what we define as the thing that's like the ultimate love, that's the thing where we need to be careful of like, oh, ultimate love is me finding like the perfect girl or you finding the perfect guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not ultimate love because at the end of the day, people will always disappoint. Even yeah. like your most perfect soulmate that you think is like, you were the one for me. That mm-hmm. person will disappoint you, you know, mm-hmm. and and you know even so yeah talking about divorce rate, but even the the marriages that do um, make it, one hundred percent of them say it's hard. Not one marriage says this is easy. This yeah, is like yeah. this is Disney. <laughs> and like, we're happily ever after. Like no, every one hundred percent of the marriages that do last are saying it is difficult. Mm-hmm. So I think that just goes to show, like to p- place such a high expectation on this concept of love and put that in a person yeah forget even person put that in your career put that in your possessions put that in your your status like that's where we find the emptiness we're like yeah that's not it you know and so that's why for me the core of my ultimate need for love is like that's just god i don't know what else to say but that's the only thing that i found to be like consistent and never changing mm-hmm. and 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 on top of that it's like cool like and then on top of that yeah marriage is great and family and you know friends and all of that stuff is all just adding to that sort of nucleus of what the actual thing is and then all that stuff is just like icing on the cake yeah but like yeah it is tough man i mean at 42 being single still like at first you know going into my 40s shoot, man, I don't know. Like, I didn't think turning 40 was going to be a big deal. I'm like, yeah, what's the difference between 39 and 40? It's just a year. <laughs> uh-huh. But then and it's then? just, it's different. <laughs> it's just like you, it really is that like midlife crisis point. Like Ooh. where you really start like, yo, if I live to 80, <laughs> I'm at the halfway point, dude. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? like, yeah. The numbers don't lie. The math is mathing. You're just right. like, um, yeah. so... Yeah. So, and I'm not even saying that it was bad. It was actually just very sobering and it was very like, okay, let's, let's figure some stuff out here. What's important. What's not even, you know, talking about relationships, like, yo, some, some relationships are just not good for you. And I'm not even talking about dating. I'm talking about friendships. Some friendships just are not good for you. And they may have served a season of your life, be it like a long season at that, Mm -hmm. but some some of those are meant to go, you know, and, yeah. and I've realized that and, you know, knowing how to draw your clear boundaries. And I'm not talking about canceling people or like, yo, I don't talk to you anymore. But like, yo, I have I have a level of bandwidth for you and mm-hmm. I'm going to decide when I give that, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's actually just everyone is responsible for their own health. So like if that's what you totally. need for yourself, like make that decision for yourself um but yeah you know i'm yeah sure i have i still have the desire for marriage and all that but um and even like recently like kind of i went through something where something that i thought was gonna go somewhere just didn't happen the way that i would hope to and i i was afraid i was like oh no i'm gonna get my heart broken again but i'm like you know what it's not as bad because Mm. i didn't place so much weight on the thing I think it was like, yeah, I was hoping for it to go a certain type of way. Yeah. And it didn't. I'm actually okay. Because I I don't, I didn't put it on a pedestal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's just like, all right, cool. Well, if 
if God has somebody for me in that time, you know, I'm not trying to be super cliche, but I believe it. It's like, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. I agree. And, um, but I love, I, I, you know, I think it's so important to design a life that you love um, with the factors that you can control. Yeah. You know, you can control your habits. You can control what you do to keep yourself healthy. Um, those things are all in your control. You can't control whether you're going to find the right person who, you know, is like the right fit for you. And that's like, we all hope that we can, but we don't necessarily have this ability to make that happen. But I can decide what I put into my body. I can decide whether I go to the gym. I can decide whether I have a good community of people around me. I can decide that I, rather than isolate, I should go have, you know, some meaningful you know, conversation and let people in. Like, those are all things that we have in our control. Yeah. So when I look at my life, I'm like, yeah, I am doing all those other things. So the fact that this one thing didn't work out does not affect the level of happiness or joy in my life. Like, I'm still at a good place, you know, and I can still control this. Yeah. And 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 let's let's work with what we have actual ability to move around in. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally, totally, totally. I love it. I'm glad I'm like, I'm moving through it. This is healthy. This is why I believe that the podcast, we talked about podcasting before we even hit record, but like my thoughts on continuing this show, I'm telling you the value that it has added to my life to be able to have, um, as much as like, I am a believer of like, go with your flow and like make space for you and like, don't get too encumbered by X, Y, Z expectations there's again, paradoxically at the same time, there's a lot of value in the discipline of just doing things when you got to do it. It doesn't matter if you're feeling it, just good. The reps, like go to the gym. I don't care if you feel like it, like it's good for you. And like, you got to do what you got to do. This show has been, I'm telling you, it's always like these, like not every time, but most of the times it's always like, I have resistance of like, I don't want to do these things. I don't want, I'm dragging my feet. I'm feeling some type of way. And then I have a conversation with a friend. I learn something new. I get out of my own mm-hmm. head, um, reconnect with like people that matter to me or have wisdom to share. And I'm like, there it is. Like the thing that I didn't want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's constantly, that's the say. like, you know, I'm 38, you're 42 about to be. And like, I have enough data, like enough things under my belt to like, to know certain things, but it's always good to get a refresher. It's always good to revisit and to re-solidify like who I am, what I value. And it's a good, um, like you said about letting stuff go, like the whole ghosted thing, it was not a big deal, but I can catastrophize, but it was a good reminder of like, wow, I have really grown because I'm recognizing this is my ego being bruised right now. It's not even about like, I don't care about the situation. It's mm-hmm. that I feel rejected right now. And the rejection is right. the part that's bothering me. Yeah, totally. Not the the connection. Like there was, you know, like seeing it for what it is and then moving through it. That's to like, it's a good sign of like growth. And the fact totally. that like you can move through your thing and say, oh, you know what? I had this expectation. It didn't turn out the way I thought. That's wisdom. Like that's so before, if we're talking, if we backtrack 20 years, we're probably gonna be like, oh yeah, I've been cr- a mess. Crying over I'm that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Minji, I can't do the podcast right now. My heart's broken. <laughs> <laughs> my body hurts <laughs> yes. so so we gotta take the wins you know it's like gotta totally. find the wins and that's 100%. i think that's a big win and then yeah, you can 100%. allocate your energy to like all the good stuff you're doing i'm really yes. excited for you yes yeah as i am for you I, i'm i'm seeing where you're at and and i know it's not about like 
social media and and the you know the veil of social media and what we think you know everything is like amazing because of someone posting something but i am saying um i see you and and i more so i hear you and i um i understand like just the the places of vulnerability and and all of that i i i'm i'm so encouraged by it and um i know i know you're saying oh that you know thank you for like uh, you know, wisdom and things like that. I'm going to thank you for your wisdom. Like, I don't, I firmly believe, man, you can learn from someone no matter what their age is. You know what I'm saying? Like I learned from younger people all the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then, yes, I love my, my older, wiser folks too. That I'm like, yes, you just lived longer than me. So you just have seen more. So I trust that there's more that you know than I do, you know? Well, um, we have discerning eyes too, Ben. I think like discerning eyes, yes. yeah, because that I think that's well the the rebellious the rebellious child in me, not child, the rebellious Minji in me has always like <laughs> questioned authority deep down. Mm, like I was like sure. a goody two shoes for so much of my life, but deep down, I was like, what do you really know? <laughs> I was yeah, like, what qualifies yeah. you to tell me what I should do and should not? Do you sure. even know what who I am? Do you know oh. my life? Like I was that kid deep down. Yeah. I think that's why this podcast is called First of All. It's like, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to ask, but I'm, I don't even think I need to ask. I think I get it. It's like, well, first of all, <laughs> we, we've, all, we've all said that and we all know what comes after that. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. Ben, I, I am so glad I got to talk to you. This was like a breath of fresh air. I feel restored Same. to a degree. And like, I'm excited. This is going to be genuinely i was like really like our world is burnt like not even like the forest or burning like our world like we are just like we're going this country is i don't know it's like i get really caught up in like the news the politics Mm -hmm. i just came back from the south and i'm like always comparing like the south to like california and like all this stuff Mm. but you know what we're all doing the best we can that part i always like wholeheartedly believe nobody's i don't i think very few people in this world are trying to be destructive. We're all trying our best to solve problems. Sometimes that, you know, trying to solve our problems leads to more problems sometimes, but it's all part of the process. So it is, it is. That's all I want to encourage people. We don't want to be over cliche, but we really just got to trust the process because we have no choice. For real. We have no other choice, you know? And 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 everyone listening, I hate the process sometimes. Hey, me too. For the record, I hate the process a lot of times, but there's nothing that we can do to keep it from happening. I, I know. Think it's, man, that's why I love how G, Bruce Lee said it, man. Jeet Kune Do is you just got to flow with stuff. If it comes to you, you got to just accept it and use that momentum to push it away. And yeah, just, that's what flow is all about. We'll flow. When we, when we flowing? <laughs> we, we be flowing. We, we be, be flowing. flowing. Okay, sure. I have a few questions that I close out every yeah. episode with. Um, yeah. It's our lightning round thing. But what are you grateful for today? Oh, man, I'm grateful for grace. Mm. Grateful for grace. Good one. Not not a person, Grace. But I was like, who's she? <laughs> Grace, she's like, Grace who? Grace. <laughs> Cam, nah. like. <laughs> no, nah, I'm thankful just for Grace. That unmerited favor. Mm. It's just, you didn't earn it, but it's just there. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, what are you looking forward to? 
I'm looking forward to the next season. Looking forward to the next season. I want we got to talk more. I mean, like we have another whole conversation. I want to know about these like film projects and oh, yeah. animation cool. and you need we a voice. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> uh, we will talk. <laughs> I'm yeah, just saying, yeah. like, I work I with Keanu now, so, like... I know, I saw, I saw your posts. You don't need to remind me, I know. <laughs> I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. It's been, it's been very, like, yeah. Oh, shoot, okay. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know what I'm allowed to really, like, say, but, yeah, yeah, it's, like, that happened a year ago, so it's, like, now it's, like, out in the universe. But, anyway, mm-hmm. I'm just shamelessly plugging because I want to I want to work with away, you. man. This is your show. Yeah, I want because I, I want to work with you, and that'd be really yeah. fun. That I just want to have sick. fun. Ugh, that's yes, what I want. Yes. Fine. Um, I'll tell you what, Minji. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Uh, if and when this thing gets greenlit, we're uh-huh. gonna talk. For sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here. Um, yes, you heard it here. Okay. And then, last but not least, what are what are the final things you want to share with anybody who happens to be listening to our little old conversation? Mm, final things, man. That's so much. Well, mm-hmm. I will just say, I just go off the top of my head. Uh, I, I mean, I said grace and I, I said, like, looking forward to the next season. I, I think I'm, I'm there's so much power in being present. You know, I think it's great to dream. I think it's great to have goals and have a 10 year plan and all these things. And I'm not knocking any of that stuff. But I think when we're so focused on like the distant macro future and we're so like, I got to get there. Um, and there's all this beautiful stuff that's happening right in front of you. And because you're so focused on out there, you just you almost miss the stuff that's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And because um, the thing is, man, you'll never get the the present back. You know yeah. what I mean? The present quickly becomes your past. Like yeah. literally every second <laughs> yeah. becomes your past. And so um, I think right now, as much as I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to this new season of life and and entering a, a different space and blah, blah, blah. This sort of weird time. I'm I'm going to forget about it at some point, but like, I want to remember, like, this is the stuff that I was uncomfortable. Mm. This is where I was like, oh man, I, I, I'm scared. And, you know, but then it's like, ah, oh, but like, you know, in the, in the future, I'm gonna look back and just like, oh, but what a great time that was. Cause that was <laughs> where I was growing. So I'm like, I need to just like, let myself enjoy um, the present moments and um, appreciate good people around you. And I guess you can't appreciate good people around you unless you have good people around you. So get good people around <laughs> yeah, you first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then appreciate them. Um, and at the, a, a very wise friend uh, told me this. Um, she's like, Ben, don't forget to play. Mm. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you would think that like some wise person is like, oh, you, you got to read more books. Or, you know what I'm <laughs> like, she's just like, no, don't forget to play. Yes. like. I love that. And I and, and how I define that is not just like go and play, but like even in your work, like learn how to play in your work. Make yes. it fun, you know? So um yeah, I, I find those those few things like enjoy the present and don't forget to play. I love that. Good, good reminders. We'll have lots of fun. It's gonna be a good year. Or it's gonna yes. be good, it's gonna be a good life. It it's is a good be life. A good life. It's a great life, yes. Okay, well, we'll be following along. I'll be following along. I'll be on standby. And Let's we'll go. be cheering. <laughs> We're all cheering for you. Let's go. Hey, I'm cheering good. for you. I'm yeah. For you. Thank you for being here. And thank you for thank sharing you for your, all of this. Anytime. Be happy to come back anytime. For sure. Oh, we will. For sure. Okay. Sick. Bye.
Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in for this episode of, first of all, our season four finale with Ben Chung, dancer, choreographer, podcaster, entrepreneur. Um, you guys got to follow along with his journey. You can find the links to his socials in the description. He is the co-host of the Kinjas podcast. Um, as you mentioned, new podcast, Conver- Conversations and Good Service podcast. Clearly full of so much wisdom and light. So highly recommend you follow along on Ben's journey and check out the rest of his content because it's it's good stuff. And you got to see his dancing. I'm sorry. Like, go back to the root, the roots. Um him, Mike, Anthony, all them, they're just so talented. I love watching choreo. It is, I'm the millennial child who is always going to be so happy to watch anything dance-related and, like, reminiscent of those ABCD, ABDC. I just, what are words? ABDC days. Um, beautiful stuff. So thank you, Ben, for being such a great guest. And thank you to everybody listening for being so supportive and being part of this crazy path. In six years of first of all, I, oh, I'm going to cry. I'm not crying. Yeah, I might cry. Um, it's been really, really great. It's been wonderful, fulfilling, challenging, and revealing. And I'm just really, really honored that you guys have been with me on this path. And hopefully it's given you something. Like, genuinely, it's been like a very me-centered conversation, I feel, this season. I don't know. I'm assessing now in my outro. But I feel like... I'm learning how to care more about me, my preferences, and my um, sense of safety and peace and all that stuff. And in addition to that, I also want to keep expanding it to remember, like, this conversation, this podcast, this show exists so that I can put something good out into the world to help others and to be of value to you. And without you guys tuning in, having feedback— sending me energy, to be honest, like, I don't even know what most of you guys will ever think about this— but I suffice it to say, like, I can feel the support. I really do believe in energies and frequencies and all that. And I'm constantly blown away by how much love and support I feel for having a show where people tune into my friends and myself talk. It's quite amazing. And I hope that inspires people, all of you. Find your gifts. Find your talents. Find your hobbies. Just find what brings you joy and go do it. Go be happy. And take your risks and be courageous and forget the past as much as you can. Like, learn from it and move on. Um, life is short. Like, again, it's my birthday. I, I, I can't believe <laughs> I'm this old. I don't think I ever envisioned, like, being this old. So all to say, I love you guys so much. Um, and there will be a little bit of a break. We'll be back for season five. And I do want to have a live event sometime soon. I just have this gut feeling that things—I've <laughs> said this before. We'll see, though. It, it already has been crazy, but I feel like there are going to be changes. There's changes. I see a—not uh, a storm, but, like, I see changes on the horizon. I can feel it. So we'll see what we can dream up and execute. And if you guys can come to L.A. anytime soon, if you're in L.A., would love to meet you guys in person and have a hug and share space and— good energy so yeah that does it for season four thank you to marvin ua my audio engineer and producer i love you marv thank you so much you are patient you are basically a monk like a buddhist monk we all need to give marvin so many flowers for his patience with me 
And uh, thank you to Town Kim. Town, I appreciate you so much. I'm so proud of you and all the amazing moves that you've made in your life. Watching you grow as like a big sister in your life is crazy. And I'm so grateful for you helping me produce this season. Uh, first of all, we literally would not be here without you and your accountability and your help and all of it. It's incredible. Thank you. And to Juliana Deer, another ride or die day one. I love you so much, Juliana. And she's my social media manager. She makes sure that the world knows that this podcast still exists and to share the content. And holy crap, like what would I be without you? Thank you to the Patreon patrons. You guys have been holding it down for me. And I'm just, I love you guys so much. And if you guys want to say hi, give me suggestions, questions, anything open to um, hearing from you, email firstofallpod at gmail.com. Follow along on the socials. at First of All Pod, my personal page is Minjeezy. And I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collection of Asian-American podcasters and storytellers. So, also, shout out to Uzuhan, who I got to see last week in Georgia. Really proud of all that you're doing, the music you're going to create. Our intro was provided by James Han, a.k.a. Uzuhan, with his classic Uzu Trap. And this week's outro is a really special song that I discovered on the social medias um, by an artist named Fulton, Fulton Lee Music, and his song Close to the Edge. It really, so beautiful. He did the whole live thing where he plays, he held up a sign saying, you know, you're having a hard day, sit down, and somebody did, and he just played this song for them live, and it was super moving. I needed to hear it, Um, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you, Fulton, for letting me feature you this week. Check out uh, Spotify. We have a playlist of all of the spot- Spotify, sorry, of all of the artists that contribute their music to First of All. Really, really excited to just always learn about new artists. More coming your way. Have a great rest of your summer. Stay cool, hydrate, wear sunscreen, and be good to yourself and others. I love you. Bye. Close to the ones that talk close, close to the